Some of you are going to find this a bit incredulous, but here's something that federal, state, and local governments all tell us to do that we should actually listen to. Eat more fruits and vegetables. You've heard about the health benefits of increasing plant-based nutrients into your diet, but how can you easily consume all the fruits and veggies needed? Well, it's easy. By adding Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity into your meals. Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity is a power blend that has 31 fruits and vegetables in every scoop. Organic vegetables, super greens, super fruits, and super sprouts. It is fortified with essential vitamins plus an immunity boost. And right now, you can get a free two-week supply of Grown American Superfood and Essential Vitamins Plus Immunity by just paying $8.95 for the shipping and handling. And not only that, you'll also get a free frother to quickly whip up your healthy and nutritious grown American drink. Go to grownamericansuperfood.com forward slash John and order today. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. This is the John Fugelsang Podcast. I, I, this week we got to play a lot more U2, I think. I'm just going to play U2 inspiring anthems the entire evening. This is U2 with the Soweto Gospel Choir, the best version of this song ever released. It's hard to find. We play this every Wednesday for our friend, Midwin Charles, who we miss very much. This news, I tell you, Russ, I'm ready to just go ahead and go on Craigslist and sell all my bone marrow and use the money to go to Vegas and watch that inspiring U2 show with the 400-foot high screens. <laughs> my child doesn't need to go to college. No. Oh, this is so good. Chris, turn it up. It's so good. These are the months that try men's souls. It's just in. Bone marrow hits all-time high <laughs> on the market. <laughs> this is Sirius XM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang, broadcasting live from Los Angeles all week. So good to be with you here on Tell Me Everything, the little show that brings good trouble to the right-wing bubble. And I hope you had a great day, our number for the next three hours. And we're going to want to hear from you all tonight. It's 866-997-4748. 866-997-GRID. It's great to be back in L.A. We are getting all keyed up for the big, sexy, liberal show this weekend. The only live date of this tour the entire year. That's why I'm on the radio everywhere. I've lost track of it all. I did KPFK here yesterday. I did a Michelangelo Signorelli show on Progress on Monday. Tomorrow I'm doing a show in Minneapolis with the great Matt McNeil, and I'm doing Tom Hartman's show. He's smartest radio host in the world, for my money. Um, I'm sort of like the before picture for Tom Hartman if he's a gym ad. Uh, and then and then I'm doing, uh, oh my God, uh, Stephanie Miller on Friday morning. And then, of course, this show is a radio show and we're promoting the heck out of it. Malcolm Nance will be joining us, as will Ron Perlman, uh, the great Rob Reiner, and of course, we'll be joined by uh, Glenn Kirshner as well. Hal Sparks is going to be on the show tomorrow. He's a very funny guy. We had Frangela with us last night. I mean, how much did you love them? Russ. They were amazing. So funny. You got to see them live. They're incredible. I keep saying, imagine if Diamond and Silk were smart, moral, talented, and funny, and really good at it. 
that that would be them. And one of them was with us still. Uh, and of course, Stephanie Miller herself will be the big shot at the show. If you can't make it to Beverly Hills for Saturday night, I know how it is. You can always watch it on pay-per-view. Go to sexyliberal.com or meathook.com slash live. M-E-E-T, hook. I have to say that every time for embarrassing reasons. Uh, do check it out. We'd love to see you. I'm having a really tough time cramming my set down to a, the meager 20 minutes they give me. So I, it's, it's uh, I, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of fun. And there's obviously, well, there's not a lot that's funny in the world this week. And that's why we need laughs more than ever. And tonight we have some really great guests. I kind of just said I want to get a lot of comedians on the show. I don't care. I want to make sense of all of this and have some laughs. I don't care how inappropriate it is. Uh, Bob Seska will be here later in the hour. He's a pretty straight shooter. But then we'll have comedians Felicia Michaels and Renee Percy in hour number two. Renee's never done this show before. She is extremely funny. It's been quite a day, folks, and I need to know your thoughts on, well, pretty much everything we're going to be running through. Um, the House GOP nominee Jim Jordan's campaign is going in the wrong direction, guys. 22 Republicans voted against him today in his second ballot. Only 20 voted against him yesterday. So it really is getting worse every possible day, which is kind of how karma is supposed to work for a person like Jim Jordan. Joe Biden landed in Israel for a seven-hour meeting with Prime Minister Netanyahu and other top officials promising military support and humanitarian aid. Uh, a Colorado funeral home, I've been wanting to get to this story, that claimed to specialize in green burials, which you might know of if you saw the episode on, on um, the funeral home show that on uh, Six Feet Under. Under. Yeah. Uh, that's how Peter Krause's character was, was laid to rest. This Colorado funeral home was shuttered after 189 bodies were found in various states of neglect and decay on the premises. We'll dig deep on that one because they sure didn't. Um, you know, if you have a funeral home, folks, there's really, I guess, job number one. Job number one. More important than burying the bodies. Job number one is try to make neighboring buildings not complain about the stench of rotting flesh. It, to me, that seems like the first thing you're going to do. Uh, but what do I know? Uh, judge overseeing Donald Trump's New York civil trial warned him to lower his voice after he disrupted testimony. Oh, it's just beautiful. Please put these trials on TV and let's watch him flip out. Uh, Twitter, now known as X, because there's not enough websites with the word X in the title. Uh, Twitter is going to begin testing a subscription method. That includes a $1 annual fee for new users. <laughs> you've, you've heard how awful it is, right? As a free site. Now, come on over and pay for that ship. And of course, we heard today that Joran van der Sloot has confessed after 18 years of the brutal murder of Natalie Holloway. And somewhere in America, a deranged but functioning woman begins her first prison love letter to Joran van der Sloot. Because you know that happens. Nancy I Grace? I don't know what it is. Probably Nancy Grace. I'd rather at Nancy Mace, whatever stops her as quickly as possible. Also, here's a stat you won't be hearing too much in the media because this media is not helping Joe Biden too much. But um, one year ago, October 17th, 2022, Bloomberg gave a 100 percent probability that the U.S. would enter a deep economic recession within the next year. They said it would be a blow to Biden's economic messaging. They said he's doing OK with the midterms now. A year ago, they said this, but he's saying how good the economy's bouncing back. But you watch. We forecast 100 percent probability that the U.S. economy will enter into a recession. I have the headlines in front of me. It's amazing. One year later, the Biden campaign took a victory lap. There has not been a recession. In fact, America is recovering from the worldwide inflation caused by COVID-19 better than pretty much any of our G7 allies. Of course, once again, people won't hear that 
because it's not good for the press, because the media, not journalists, but the media, they want their Trump ratings back. But retail sales crushed expectations last month. There's still very high consumer demand. And even though everything costs way too freaking much, 63% of Americans still disapprove of Biden's handling of the economy. And again, this is the cycle we go through. Well, I don't think the fire department has put out every smoking corner of the blaze. So why don't we vote for the arsonists again? Let's talk about the war over there and the slap fight back home. Because that's really been the theme of the week, hasn't it? The last two weeks, the war over there and the prissy, unmanly slap fight back home. You know, we spend a lot of time expecting the Republicans in Congress to always be at war with the Democrats. I'm kind of disappointed they they can't find the time because they're too busy being at war with each other. But at least they're blaming Democrats for the fact that they're at war with each other and can't govern and can't even pick a leader. Uh, Joe Biden landed in Tel Aviv today to show American solidarity with Israel and its war with Hamas. And of course... The Middle East uh, is a place that greeted his arrival by having gasoline poured all over a raging fire after the deadly missile blast yesterday at that hospital in Gaza killed hundreds of innocent Palestinians. It led to a furious response, huge protests in Jordan, Lebanon and elsewhere in the hours before Biden's visit. Now, so many people have said it's Israel. Israel did this. Israel, I mean, why wouldn't they? Israel is fighting back way too hard. It's brutal. And they launched this missile into a hospital. And, and it, you know what? It's plausible. It, here's what I say after Jesse Smollett's case, when that actor faked hanging himself and people rallied to his defense a bit. And then they realized, wait a second, the story doesn't add up. I don't judge anyone who rallied to Jesse Smollett's defense right away because Donald Trump supporters were attacking non-white people all over the country. There were so many hate crimes and reports of hate crimes. You can be excused for initially, initially believing Jesse Smollett. There was every reason to. Yeah, we were wrong, and it shows why you got to be careful before you come down on the side of anything. And last night we talked about this, how people on both sides are convinced the other side did it. And I said last night, I will explore all avenues. I will talk about both sides, but let's just make sure we actually know what we're talking about here before we get too deeply into it. So it's plausible that Israel could have fired that missile, given the mass casualties their response has created and, and the apartheid regime. I don't mind calling it that. Uh, Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib and Ilhan Omar blamed Israel immediately. Uh, today, they wouldn't answer questions about whether they stand by their claims. An Israel Defense Forces spokesperson claimed Israel has recordings of intercepted communications between Islamic Jihad militants that prove they're responsible. But the initial claims were that this came from an Israeli airstrike. And even Keith Olbermann, believed it. And then he actually wrote an apology tweet last night saying he should have waited. It's really well written. Now, many people are convinced that Hamas launched this missile. Why? Because they're Nazi thugs. That's why. Let not your sympathy for the Palestinian plight blind you to the fact that Hamas are Nazi thugs and they don't care about the Palestinian people. So why wouldn't they? I mean, they appear to clearly not be above bombing their own and blaming Israel to create more chaos. So for about 36 hours, people have raged over this issue, and both sides are completely convinced it was the other. And both sides have good reasons to believe it could have been the other. This is the tinderbox that old Joe walked into today. Here he is speaking in Tel Aviv, telling Israel's leaders he will ask Congress for a massive bundle of cash. We already sent Israel billions a year, a massive bundle to help their cause. My administration was in close touch with your leadership from the first moments of this attack. 
We're going to make sure we have what you have what you need to protect your people, to defend your nation. For decades, we've ensured Israel's qualitative military edge. And later this week, I'm going to ask the United States Congress for an unprecedented support package for Israel's defense. We're going to keep Iron Dome fully supplied so we can continue standing sentinel over Israeli skies, saving Israeli lives. We've moved U.S. military assets to the region, including positioning the USS Ford Carrier Strike Group in the Eastern Mediterranean, with the USS Eisenhower on the way to deter, to defer further aggression against Israel and to prevent this conflict from spreading. Now, you can be cynical and say Biden went there because his poll numbers are bad and he needed to show himself as a leader. And I might even agree with you, but thank God he did. You know, he went there and used the full weight of the office to try, to try to calm things a bit. And he went on the wrong day. Protesters all over the region clashed with the Palestinian Authority security forces and they called for the immediate resignation of Palestinian President Mahmoud Abbas who doesn't need to retire because he pretty much does basically nothing. I picture Mahmoud in a tracksuit and his, his Rhodes Scholar degree. Abbas canceled meeting Joe Biden and the leaders of Egypt and Jordan. That was planned to happen tonight in Jordan. This was Biden's in-person chance to press the Arab leaders to try to contain this conflict. Instead, they canceled the meeting. Biden didn't go to Jordan. He's already on his way back. Now, again, we talked about this last night and how some were so certain, with good reason, it could have been Israel. And some were so certain, with good reason, it could have been Hamas. And today we learn the correct answer. It might be neither. American officials say that early intelligence about yesterday's disaster indicates that Israel was not responsible. And Biden said earlier today, it appeared the other team, not Israel, was to blame. That's not necessarily right either. Joe Biden said, based on what I've seen, it appears as though it was done by the other team, not you. But there's a lot of people out there Not sure. Biden chose his words very carefully. Bipartisan leaders of both the Senate and the House Intel Committee expressed confidence today that Israel was not responsible for the explosion at the hospital. Biden later said the data I was shown by my Defense Department backed it up. And National Security Council spokesperson Adrian Watson wrote today on Twitter. While we continue to collect information, our current assessment based on analysis of overhead imagery, intercepts and open sources of information is that Israel is not responsible for the explosion at the hospital in Gaza yesterday. So what happened? Well, it appears, and again, as with everything with this conflict, friends, I am choosing my words very carefully. It is seldom in my lifetime I've seen this many people ending friendships over something, and I respect how passionate everyone feels. I respect the outrage everyone feels. I'm on the side of anybody, of any background and nationality, trying to solve these problems nonviolently in a way that gives Palestine their own independent state with their own borders and control of their own borders and recognizing Israel's right to exist while also giving Israel peace and freedom and security. I'm on the side of anybody who's working towards that goal nonviolently, which means I might be on the side of a generation that's not born yet. But we don't know 100%. But it appears it was not an Israeli deliberate attack or a Hamas deliberate attack. It appears it was an error by Islamic Jihad. Now, Islamic Jihad is not Hamas, but they're working with them. And they have some of the hostages, too. Israel's telling people to leave Gaza. Many can't. There's really no way out. Some are going to the south, but a lot of folks have family in the hospital. So they were gathering in the hospital parking lots and camping out, hundreds of them. They thought they'd be safe there because it's a hospital. And if you watch the actual video, and again, 
I could be wrong, and if more information comes to light, I will embrace it and share it. But if you watch the video, you will see the missile. It goes dramatically off course. It's launched, and then it swerves and dips and crashes into the hospital area. Again, it was launched by the group Islamic Jihad. So they're in with Hamas, but it's not the same. They have some of the Israeli hostages as well. The missile was intended to fly all the way into Israeli territory. But it didn't get far, which means at the time it crashed, it, it was full of accelerant. It was a bomb attached to a bomb. The warhead blew up. But it was the fuel, the very full tank of fuel in the missile that sprayed all over those poor souls in the parking lot and set them all on fire. If you ever needed more proof that war and violence don't work and that war is an insult to God... And that if any of these religions believed what their holy books teach, they'd stop committing any acts of violence. It is this unspeakable tragedy that took place in the midst of a greater, decades-long unspeakable tragedy. Joe Biden drew a strong distinction today between the citizens of the Gaza Strip and the Hamas fighters who rule them. Give a listen to this. The vast majority of Palestinians are not Hamas. Hamas does not represent the Palestinian people. Hamas uses innocents, innocent families in Gaza as human shields, putting their command centers, their weapons, their communications tunnels in residential areas. Palestinian people are suffering greatly as well. We mourn the loss of innocent Palestinian lives like the entire world. I was outraged and saddened by the enormous loss of life yesterday in the hospital in Gaza. Based on the information we've seen to date, it appears the result of an errant rocket fired by a terrorist group in Gaza. The United States unequivocally stands for the protection of civilian life during conflict, and I grieve, I truly grieve for the families who were killed or wounded by this tragedy. I believe him. You know, uh, George W. Bush was the worst president of our lifetimes. I'll, I'll fight you on that. I think he's, he's the worst president since World War II. But one thing Bush did, uh, when he was slaughtering Muslims by the thousands, by the hundreds of thousands, he always tried to point out our, our quarrels not with all Muslims. He, at least he wasn't a bigot, unlike Trump. Now, most Palestinians aren't members of Hamas, which controls the Gaza government. Hundreds of protesters staged a sit-in demonstration inside the Cannon House office building at the Capitol, calling on Biden and Congress to push for a ceasefire. If you watch it, you'll be able to distinguish it from January 6th because they're sitting and they're peaceful and they're not beating the holy crap out of police. It was led by anti-Israel groups Jewish Voice for Peace and If Not Now, dozens of arrests. Biden has also announced he will direct a relief package to the people in Gaza. Give a listen to this. The people of Gaza need food, water, medicine, shelter. Today I asked the Israeli cabinet who I met with for some time this morning to agree to the delivery of life-saving humanitarian assistance to civilians in Gaza, based on the understanding that there will be inspections and that the aid should go to civilians, not to Hamas. Israel agreed the humanitarian assistance can begin to move from Egypt to Gaza. Let me be clear, if Hamas diverts or steals the assistance, they will have demonstrated once again that they have no concern for the welfare of the Palestinian people. And it will end. As a practical matter, it will, it will stop the international community from being able to provide this aid. Now, doughy, amoral Florida mediocrity who was beaten up by a mouse and will never be president and looks like he just stole Pee Wee Herman's bike, Ron DeSantis. 
He leapt on this right away. Ron has tried to find any way he can to make himself look presidential and to exploit the suffering and exploit the racism towards Muslims that Ron believes all Americans feel. He right away came out and tweeted, no U.S. tax dollars to the Gaza Strip. Hamas is holding American hostages and Biden wants to fund them. I challenge every Republican running to step up to the plate and oppose Biden's 100 million gift to Hamas. Thank you. Ron DeSantis. I I always appreciate it when Ron DeSantis comes up and reminds us all how revoltingly false his claims of Christianity are. Because sometimes when you get tired of persecuting trans children and asylum seekers, why not lie about humanitarian aid in a war zone? (laughs) I was wrong. He really is every bit as Christian as Donald Trump. On the way home from Israel today, the president told reporters on Air Force One that Egypt's president had agreed to open the border crossing to allow up to 20 trucks of humanitarian aid into Gaza. And again, it's a 100 million in USA package for the Palestinian population in Gaza and the occupied West Bank. Billions for Israel, 100 million for Palestine, a triggered Ron DeSantis. Joe Biden plans to deliver a primetime address from the Oval Office tomorrow at 8 p.m. Eastern time to discuss U.S. support for Israel. And uh, if you remember this, Ukraine, that other war of aggression and preventable atrocity that our media has forgotten about over the last two weeks. I want to talk about Jim Jordan, too, but we ran out of time, so we'll get to him in a moment when we have Bob Seskar on. In the meantime, we want to hear from you guys. We will be right back. This is Progress. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey everybody, it's Michael Steele, host of the Michael Steele Podcast. Each week, I discuss key political and cultural issues joined by America's leading activists, experts, and academics for conversations that transcend political boundaries. And that's the point. I want you to join me as we work through real solutions, have honest conversations, just keeping it real, and having a little fun on the side. So listen to the Michael Steele Podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Spreaker, or wherever you get your podcasts on, because you know I love it when you do. So I was writing a screenplay about Jim Jordan trying to become speaker, and then someone just told me uh, the title Dead Man Walking has already been used. Today was humiliation number two in a long series of humiliations Jim Jordan calls life. He he did okay yesterday, got 200 votes, a little shy of the 217 he needed. Today, however, he spent the whole night 
greasing the skids and making promises and working the phones and having the Sean Hannity's evil dark elves threaten people. And he did a little bit worse, a little bit worse today. Fewer votes. In fact, he got fewer votes on today's ballot than any majority party's nominee in over a century. Friends, at this point, isn't Jim Jordan kind of like one of those S&M slaves who forgets his safe word on purpose? I mean, 22 House Republicans voted against him on the second ballot. That's up from the 20 Republicans who voted against him on the first ballot. Even John Boehner got a nominee. John Boehner got a vote today. And at least John Boehner had the good taste to look embarrassed most of the time. Uh, Apparently, Jim's going to press on. He says, no matter what you do to me, I may cry out for help and you can turn away, but... I won't turn my head. Uh, It's only going to get uglier. The zombie campaign will continue. And plenty of the Republicans who voted against him say it's because he wouldn't state that Biden legitimately won the 2020 election, which is another way of saying I live in a district Biden won and I will be dead if I vote for this guy. It was a crazy day. Even Tom Cole admitted that the entire goal of the Republicans is to get rid of Social Security and Medicare. I need someone smarter than me, more moral than me. And in this case, taller than me to make sense of it. Bob Seska is the host of the Bob Seska Show. Maybe you fell in love with Bob on the Stephanie Miller Show. Maybe it was his columns in the Daily Banter and Salon. Whatever the reason, whatever drew you in like a tractor beam to his web of brilliance, we are thrilled to have him here every Wednesday. Mr. Seska, welcome back. Bonus points for tractor beam. Thank you, John. That's perfect. That's right up my alley. You're just talking my language now. (laughs) We can keep going Uh, that route if you want, but we can also talk about other things, too. Uh, let's talk about some sci-fi, definitely. But, you know, Bob, I got to I gotta ask you, I mean, even McCarthy. You know, yeah. at this point, Hakeem Jeffries, Hakeem Jeffries, there, there have been 17 votes this year to be Speaker of the House. Mm-hmm. And Hakeem Jeffries has gotten the most votes in 16 of the 17 ballots. He has already received more than 3,600 votes across 17 ballots this year Amazing. alone. Uh, yeah. Kevin McCarthy, in all those 15 times that he lost never face this level of entrenched opposition and hostility. What do you make of the fact that Jim Jordan spent a whole 24 hours working the charm and it got even worse afterwards? Yeah, actually, speaking of statistics and history, uh, you have to go back 100 years to find another uh, speaker nominee who received less than or fewer than 200 votes. And Jim Jordan did that today. He got 199 votes and that uh, blew away that record. So congratulations, Jim Jordan. Congrats, Jim. Well done. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm of sure. this mindset, right? Yeah. I'm of this mindset right now, John, where I feel like telling the Republicans to just keep going. They're doing great yeah. so far. This is amazing because as far as I can tell, as far as I can see, as far as the lay of the land goes, there are really three options for them, and we're familiar with some of these options. One is to dump Jordan and go with someone like maybe Don Bacon. I think that's a no- name that's been thrown around. The other option is to stick with Jim Jordan and just keep voting away and let the Republican disarray go on and on and on. And the third option, of course, is some sort of power-sharing deal with Hakeem Jeffries. I don't know. Hakeem Jeffries, of course, would become Speaker, and then they would split the committees. I don't yeah. know if that would actually happen because uh, it's Never. the same rational, reasonable thing to do. So, of course, the Republicans are going to be against it. Plus, obviously, House Majority Leader Steve Scalise and House Republican Conference Leader Elise Stefanik would have to give their go ahead for that plan. And I don't think either of them are going to do that. Least of all, Elise Stefanik, who is all in for Jim Jordan. So oh this is yeah. this is a huge gift for Democrats. And I think it's wise that. 
uh, people like Joe Biden and, and Democratic leadership are just sitting back and eating popcorn and watching this uh, all devolve into the clown show that it always has been, you know, with Jim Jordan at the lead. You know, I, I think about this and I, I wonder of those three options, which one I would go with, John. And I think it would be let Jim Jordan become speaker. I yeah. know he's a horrible, I, 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 reprehensible I, yeah. man. <laughs> I know uh-huh. all. I mean, uh, on top of the fact that he's monochromatic and an insurrectionist and he's tied to all kinds of sex crimes. That's right. But uh, it just emphasizes how ridiculous the Republican Party is. And honestly, Jim Jordan would be just as impotent as as speaker as he is right now, because they don't have the votes to pass what he would want to do. Certainly not with the Senate firewall and certainly not with the White House firewall. So there. So you're saying like you're uh, saying like if 18 Democrats crossed over and voted for Jim Jordan to be speaker, I mean, they they will never do it like they they they, know. I can't imagine a Democrat even even to queer the deal for the Republicans, because, you know, Scalise would have been much more effective. And my big fear is that they will dump Jordan and they will get someone who's be good at the job. I think the Democrats current policy is here, have some more rope. But you mentioned Don Bacon. He's Mm. from Nebraska and he's one of these Republicans whose district went for Joe Biden. And he has been very against Jordan today. He showed Politico some text messages his wife had gotten showing that she was being harassed all week by Jordan supporters trying to threaten his wife to make him flip his vote, he said, I believe he's done. He needs to withdraw mm-hmm. from this. He's going to lose more votes tomorrow. I know it. I know who is going to cross over and change. John Rutherford of Florida said, it's time for Rep. Jordan to understand this race is over. He's fiddling while the world is on fire. Um, doesn't sound like a ringing endorsement. And if it, we know anything about Jim Jordan, it's that he is Donald Trump's Renfield. He's going to do yeah. whatever Trump tells him. He will keep going out there and humiliating himself over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ultimately, look, the realistic effect of what we're seeing right now is that uh, I mean, obviously, there's a positive electoral effect. And I don't want to I don't want to downplay what that is. But at the same time, you know, it's the whole idea of this is to make government look more and more ineffectual and make people more and more dissatisfied and, and the right kinds of people, mostly with red hats in their wardrobe. More yeah. and more dissatisfied with uh, democracy. And this is doing a great job of saying, hey, look, look at what a mess democracy is. Why don't we get some fascism in there and we can at least get the trains to run on time, so to speak. And, right. and I think that's kind of the thrust behind this plan. But if it it's, it's a real gamble, because if it doesn't work, the Republicans lose the House next year. In fact, I wish this was all going on six months from now i wish the timing were closer to november 2024 because of the ludicrously short-term memories of many american voters who will absolutely forget what happened in october of 2023 when it comes time to vote in november of 2024 or early voting or what have you so that's my uh, my only think you're right although although um i think people will remember this and there's the images of Joe Biden going into a war zone and being presidential and trying to convey calm while back home, this never-ending skirmish of Republicans against themselves. You know, one thing a lot of people are talking about is why not let that pipsqueak Patrick McHenry, uh, who's the chair warmer, why not let him just 
have the job or at least, you know, let him have the same power as a real elected speaker. Hakeem Jeffries has said there are some Republicans he could work with. Jim Jordan's not one of them. I want to play a clip for you, Bob, from today okay. uh, with our friend Julie Mason over on the POTUS channel. Republican congressman from Pennsylvania, Mike Kelly, was talking about ex- maybe expanding Patrick McHenry's temporary powers as a way out of this mess. Give a listen. What we have to do is make a motion, a resolution to expand the powers of the speaker pro tem that he can now step in and do everything the speaker can do. So nothing stops, nothing changes. We don't uh, we don't uh, forget about what it is we're supposed to do or how it is we're supposed to do it. The office is filled on a temporary basis. My problem with that is, Bob, why not just run this guy and have a vote for him? Yeah, because I don't I think they could do that. And maybe they should. Maybe they should. I mean, he looks old timey. He looks like he's from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Like a side character in that movie. He's only he's only 47. This guy. I know. I I heard that. Yes. I'm amazed. He's like, it's the whole Alex Jones upside down birthday issue. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that's not a bad idea, but of course, once again, if you're talking about ideas that are not all that bad, not all that awful, the Republicans are of course going to oppose that. I think the Republicans are going to keep going and going and going with Jim Jordan, trying over and over again to get this impotent monochromatic man shoved into the speakership (laughs) for whatever remains of this term before the Democrats take over the house next year. And by the way, the Democrats have to take over the house next year. I obviously retain the Senate would be good, too. But the map for next year's election is not really favorable for the Democrats. It does on the Senate side. So, Senate. yeah. And, yeah. And, and so okay, it makes the, less, of course, unless, of course, the American people remember that whole Roe v. Wade thing that does seem to drive them right. to turn out in large numbers in the least expected places. Oh, yeah. Bob, uh, you know, Patrick McHenry just got two really fantastic endorsements uh, yesterday. You know who just said they should make him the speaker? Newt Gingrich and John Boehner, both former speakers of the House who were driven out of office in disgrace. What an endorsement from both of them. I mean, why can't Denny Hastert weigh in? Yeah, and former President Calvin Coolidge uh, uh, endorsed (laughs) Patrick McGannon. He looks like he'd be hanging out in that period of time. I don't know what it is, but uh, yeah, I mean, that's not bad. It's just, again, it doesn't carry any weight with the Rodeo Clown Caucus. You know, the, the, the guys who are actively right now doing the the uh, good old three stooges trying to fix the plumbing routine in the House Republican conference uh, will not have anyone reasonable in that post because it'll make them look weak. It'll piss off their MAGA base. I mean, these are all things they're stuck. They've painted themselves into a corner. I mean, I don't I don't do that three stooges metaphor lightly because I always imagine the Republicans in a cage of pipes like uh, Curly was at uh, one point in that particular <laughs> Three Stooges story, where he's like enclosed in a cage of pipes and water squ- squirting out everywhere. They're stuck there because they've so tethered themselves to Trumpism and this ridiculous MAGA agenda, whatever you want to call it. And they can't get them. They can't wiggle out of that because you're right. They're inextricably tied to it. You know, they're magnetized to Donald Trump's ass and they're going to stay there uh, until something catastrophic happens to their party that (laughs) disabuses them of this ridiculousness. Yeah. Let me me just point this out, Bob. Twenty five years ago, you know what was going on with the speakership? Twenty five years ago, you had a right wing Republican speaker who left in disgrace. And then the Republican everyone thought would replace him got totally derailed. And so then they decided to just play it safe. 
and settle on the most inoffensive, unobjectionable Republican they could find to be speaker. <laughs> yeah. And the guy who left was Gingrich. The guy that was supposed to replace him was Livingston. And the guy they settled on because he was so inoffensive and so unobjectionable <laughs> was Dennis Hastert. It's just kind of beautiful. Uh-huh. Yeah, inoffensive, well played, sir. Yes, uh, yeah. it turned out to be the most offensive of the Republican House speakers of recent memory. Yeah, absolutely. So good job. Uh, once again, we could end up here. I mean, that's another reason why, despite all of his awfulness, why Jim Jordan is speaker is not a terrible idea. If you're like us and, you know, you're into democracy and things like that, because Jim Jordan will further exacerbate the slow motion destruction of the Republican Party. I have no doubt in my mind about that, mainly. And the Dennis Hastert thing is a perfect example of that. Once again, the guy on an already weak bench, the guy they've chosen as their heir apparent for speaker is a guy who's mired in sexual assault scandals at Ohio State. And so it's the Dennis Hastert thing all over again. I mean, this is a great look. Uh, I, I mentioned the Republican bench. It's a great look at an anemic bench on the Republican side. This is the best they can do. It's like that scene from Seinfeld where George is uh, wanting to be the Vandalay latex salesman or whatever it is. He's collapsed on the floor. His pants are down. Jerry walks in and goes, oh, so you want to be my latex salesman? <laughs> like that's they're looking at Jim Jordan going, oh, so you want to be our latex salesman? Uh-huh. Sure. Mm-hmm. Let's see that work so out. Funny. And, and for, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, obviously, there are lots of ways this could go. Who knows where it's going to land? Maybe by tomorrow, he'll have intimidated enough swing Republicans to side with him. But I just I hope it goes on and on because, good Lord, America needs to laugh. Yeah, I'll say, Bob. Hmm. Speaking of laughter, you know, Donald Trump just found out that a broad gag order does not refer to when you pay the escort extra to make things a little rough. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, He was told by the judge to shut up in court today. What do you make of his legal travails? And what do you make of the fact that Donald Trump's petulance is really the the third biggest story this week? It's these these other two things have kept him out of the top two. Yeah, well, I, I think it's good that he's been hit with another gag order. I just think it's too late. Uh, It just frustrates me to no end the fact that you have to wait until he actually does something heinous before you can actually hit him with a gag order. And even then, it's somewhat limited still. But this should have been just fait accompli right as the trial began, right as this whole process began. Automatic gag order on Donald Trump because not applying one and, and taking a wait and see posture is just in defiance of his entire record. It's like, you know, we don't know who this guy is. We don't know how he operates. We don't know how he treats people who are going after him. Obviously, he's going to be relentless. Obviously, he's going to pull out all the stops, threaten people, in the case of Mark Milley, threatening them with execution. And uh, and and he the same day he was hit with that gag order, he ended up uh, posting something on his social media platform that doxed Letitia James same day. Yeah. Yeah. And so this is going to go on and on. He's going to continue to push the boundaries. It's just like, why are we doing this after? It's like it's like with uh, steroids in sports. It's like banning the steroid after the athletes have already figured out how to use it and the games have already <laughs> been completed and the titles have already been won and then going out. No, you got to meet it at the beginning, not after it's too late. And I think with a lot of like that one clerk, it was too late. He already 
uh, you know, put the clerk's name out there and was going after the that one clerk. I, you know what? Honest to God, I forget which case it was where he was going after the clerk. But the the thing had already happened. You know, put it, applying a gag order after the fact is completely ineffectual. Right. I mean, where do you see this going? I, I think that we're going to going to see more of the same. I think this is going to grind on through the next seven trials and he's going to get in trouble with all but one judge. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think this we haven't seen the end of the gag order escapade with Donald Trump. I think it'll I think he'll continue to push the boundaries. He did just the other day, just after being uh, hit with a gag order. He said something to the big, oh, she doesn't like me too much. And he's st- still talking. Yeah. You know, because he can't shut the F up. He just has to continue to push boundaries. And, of course, I think especially Judge Engeron will seriously start to push back. He did in court today. He actually had to scold Donald Trump as though Donald Trump is the 12 year old that he is because he was talking too loud during witness testimony (laughs) with an earshot of other witnesses. Yeah. So he had to be told to shut the fuck up. You know, and I got it. I mean, I would have. I would have paid a gazillion dollars. I would have given like a year's salary to be in Judge Engeron's place to tell Donald Trump to shut the fuck up in court one day. <laughs> I mean, how satisfying would that be? I mean, Judge, Judge Engeron's at home right now going, yeah, I had a pretty good day. How was your day? Oh, not too bad. I uh, I told Donald Trump to shut the fuck up in court today. So that was great. That was the thing. Oh, my God. You're right. <laughs> yeah. uh, Bob, in our final minute or two, uh, I, I want to just talk about the fact that something that really didn't get much coverage today is that uh, the Biden administration got some good news in their quest to go after what are called ghost guns, the firearms yes. that are hard to trace because they don't have serial numbers. Um, you know, it's been knocked around by the courts a bit. What happened when the Supreme Court finally heard the case today? Well, they upheld uh, Joe Biden's regulations at long last. This is a great thing because there's this epidemic of these uh, guns and sort of gun hobby kits that you can buy just piece by piece or buy an entire kit and put them together yourself. They're untraceable. There are no serial numbers. There's no background checks that happens. So there's a massive proliferation of these underground firearms happening right now in the United States. Shocking. Yep. Um, And Joe Biden decided, okay, enough's enough. We're not going to ban the ghost guns. I mean, I I think that would have been a thing, too. I think he should have done that. But short of that, yeah, he's requiring serial numbers and I think background checks on uh, ghost gun purchases. So all the regulations that are applied to retail firearm sales are going to be applied to ghost gun sales now. And And there there were no dissents on this, right? There were no dissents on this. I don't think so. I think this was, uh, yeah, I think this was a straight up, just straight up decision. And it's, it's a great thing because I think we often get really pessimistic about the Supreme Court, this particular court, and with good reason. And one of the areas where we're most pessimistic is on firearms. And this, I think, portends good news for other challenges on Second Amendment grounds and so forth. Maybe. I, I'm not I'm not getting my hopes up. I don't I'm have not a lot of faith with this. I don't it. have a lot of faith yeah, in the Supreme no, Court that does, at all. that does not represent American voters at all. No, I but mean, we might be in know, better shape based on this decision. So who knows? You know, you're right. I mean, it, it's interesting. It's this. It doesn't actually bar ghost guns altogether. It bars the manufacturers yeah. from selling products that can be converted at home into making ghost guns. So it, right. it's it brings us a little bit closer. And they totally overturned a, another right-wing Texas judge's ruling. Yes, yes. And so, I, again, I can't describe how important this is for, as, a, as a first step. I think 
with the the fact that there are so many firearms in the United, more guns than there are people in the United States and how well entrenched and how monetized the pro Second Amendment, pro firearm gun culture uh, lobby is and so forth. Uh, it's going to take a long time to unwind this. And uh, Joe Biden's making some positive steps forward. And and by the way, this is going to be, I think, well received with younger voters in time for yeah. 2024. So uh, that's encouraging, too, from an electoral point of view. So it's good. You know, I mean, obviously, after hundreds of years of American gun culture, it's going to take a while to unravel this. And the sooner, the better. But moves are being made. Mr. Seska, what is the best way for our evil army of the night to follow you and keep up with all your heroic doings? <laughs> well, the evil army of the night can uh, find my podcast at bobseskashow.com. You can follow me on Instagram at thebobseska and also on threads, uh, thebobseska. I'm there, too. Thank you, Bob. It's a pleasure. We'll be right back Thanks, with your friend. calls. This is Progress. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. This is SiriusXM Progress. I'm John Fugelsang. We're at 866-997-4748. We're going to get to everybody's calls tonight. Right now, I'd love to introduce the first of our guests who's here with us in studio, because the second one is parking her car somewhere. Uh, Renee Percy is an award-winning actor, writer, and comedian. She's appeared on or written for numerous TV shows. She's toured the country doing stand-up. She got a Canadian Comedy Award, the Phil Hartman Award, and she plays live all over L.A. at the Laugh Factory, the Comedy Store, the Improv. Uh, she's part of the Netflix is a Joe Comedy Festival, and her new special, the Comic Sutra comes out on Amazon Prime and Apple TV on November 7th. It's a pleasure to welcome the very extremely intimidatingly funny Renee Percy to the show for the first time. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. And that was quite the intro. Uh, well, thank you. It was a lot longer than the one had. I sent. Uh, that's <laughs> yeah. okay. You have a lot of credits here. I think uh, you're you're one of my favorite comics here in L.A. And I've wanted to get you on the show forever. And I thought we'd have a nice fun panel with Felicia. Oh, here she is. She's oh, showing up too. There it's great. Is. She's here for the 1015 special. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, let me introduce joining us. Felicia Michaels has been entertaining audiences with her unique blend of provocative humor since the early 90s. Uh, she worked out her skills at the Comedy Store and she's played all over this country. You may have seen her on MTV, A&E, Comedy Central, VH1, Showtime, NBC, ABC. She was a comedy grand champion on Star Search and she does this show every time I can coerce her into doing it. Uh, also, frequently touring with our friends with uh, 
funny women of a certain age, Felicia Michaels, welcome back. Wow, I sound so old. <laughs> you sound so accomplished as a professional working Jeez, artist. That resume is from 1997. Oh. She also has great hair. Don't forget uh, that. Thank you. Don't I was that. thinking we kind of have the same vibe going on. Oh, yeah. No, well, thank you. I love to surround myself with attractive, brilliant women who would uh, turn me down if I asked them out. So this is my <laughs> my genre. Um, but I'm glad we you said yes to the show. Okay. Yeah, that's enough. Um, I'm glad to have you both here. Thank you. I was just saying to Renee before, I, I'm excited about the new special. Thank and you. I was wondering if the, the new special that's premiering on Amazon, if you if you talk about your um, your struggles with, uh, with 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 having a child in this one. Yeah, that's um, uh, that's a lot of it. I talk about the struggles of being a woman in her 40s. Uh, in general and uh, and trying to have a kid yeah and it's something that uh, I don't know I feel like that's what comedy is we talk about our pain and we um, yeah we zhuzh it up a bit turn it into comedy and there you go I mean that's what that's what the best comedy does is take pain and, and turn it into gold to make someone else feel less alone I exactly. I do a lot of comedy out of my pain because I was able to have a child and my <laughs> life is ruined that very now. painful yeah, so from yeah, you're the, right. the smoldering wreckage of my life I talk about that but yeah well we've decided to have a dog now instead and yeah and have something that dies in 12 years that hates me in 15 <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta yeah, say I, uh, that's what I love about your act is that you took something that could be so painful and is so painful mm-hmm. for so many people and you just decided oh forget about the headlines let's mine this and I have seen you kill mm-hmm. with the kind of material that you know a generation ago I think a, a lot of comics would be afraid to even touch on stage yeah, well, I mean, honestly, I just couldn't afford therapy. <laughs> that was yeah. uh, how I dealt with it, really. Um, but yeah, if it, the thing that I do really love is that it does appeal. I mean, it sounds like it's all a women women centric thing, and it does have a lot of female themes, but it does appeal to to both genders. And I love hearing people's stories after the show. The people, women always come up to me and say, hey, you know, I just want you to know that, you know, I was this old when I had my baby or this happened or we tried this or everybody has a story. And I feel like that's the biggest win at the end of a show. And when, when people want to share their story with you afterwards, how is the process of making the special for Amazon Prime? Did they did they tell you, like, did you have any kind of oversight, any kind of like this content's good, this content's not? None at all, because I produced it all myself there and paid go. for it myself and then uh, and then sold it to people. So, uh, yeah, nobody told me anything for better or for worse. Maybe it would have been better if they had said, oh, maybe don't say that, but we'll find out. I mean, when I started doing stand-up, Felicia, I never wanted to talk about myself because I just assumed my pain isn't interesting. And, you know, <laughs> and it's only like when my mother gave me permission to talk about my abnormal parentage that suddenly, oh, I have all these issues I can I can talk about and, and make fun right, of because right. I can't afford the therapy. But you have always, and on this show especially, you were one of our first guests when we <clears> first launched this thing. Yeah. And I'll never forget one of the executives upstairs call down to rave about your segment because you were talking about growing up in incredible poverty and the struggles that you had and how you turned that pain into comedy. Oh, absolutely. For sure. I mean, when Renee was talking about the struggles of, you know, fertility or wanting to have a child and not being able to, I, uh, because I'm a tick older than you, did go through that myself. But, you know, everyone has a different way of approaching it. For me, because I grew up with a mother who was uh, very sick, I didn't want, I chose not to go certain routes because I worried about my health afterwards. You know what I mean? No, I don't. What well, like do with mean? fertility drugs and I'm very paranoid about all that kind of stuff. And I, so I adopted and, uh, yeah, so, uh, that was, uh, 
And that was horrible, right? Oh, my God. Only when they were teenagers. (laughs) But even... No, it was... uh, I had a very good experience uh, with it. Uh, It went smoothly. I got very lucky. And uh, my children share the same birth mother, so I got very lucky all the way around, yeah. And, you know, what's amazing is that as your kids were horrible teens, you just used that for material. Did you ever... Yes, I did. Did you ever meet with any... I mean, I know every time your sons have jerked off or smoked weed, you've made it into material. (laughs) The only time one of my sons got really upset at me is when he was around 12 or 13, he wanted this Batman knife from Amazon. And I don't know what I was thinking, but I thought, oh, it'd be a little pocket knife, right? And then the knife came and it was like Crocodile Dundee, right? <laughs> Batman knife. And the Batman then, knife. And then he kind of hid it from me and then he carved his name into the door. And I and so I made a joke about that, like at least lot, don't put your name, like you don't put yeah. your name on yeah. a crime. You yeah, know? you don't and, sign it at the bank. <laughs> stolen by. And I could make jokes about all their douchebaggery tendencies, about how they smoked weed, all that. Nothing ever bothered them that I shared, except for the knife <laughs> and him being a, a dummy and putting his wow. own name. That was the only time he really got mad at me. So it's and the great know. thing is you can blame it on hey, they're not my genes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My kids must only, get it from their mother. <laughs> Mike is only eleven, and he's already learned how to be a, a scold if I ever talk about him or tell jokes about him. Oh, he, really? He, oh, he does not like yeah, it. So yeah, so you have to respect know. that. My yeah. older son, he didn't like it so much, but now they think it's funny. But uh, when he was a teen, not so much. But he didn't complain as much as my younger son about that. But he's a scold. Huh? I had to do a debate the other night at Symphony Space. This series that we do in New York called the Uptown Showdown, and they assigned me to uh, AI versus humans, and they uh-huh. they assigned me to be the captain of the AI team. Uh-huh. <laughs> Like there's you know writers from writers from Seth Ro- from from Seth Meyers and all the great comics and, and one part of it was I was going to show pictures of my kid because he's okay and then <laughs> how the AI made my kid look yeah. and he's so much cooler in AI and I was like oh wait this is going to be on YouTube forever oh, and the yeah. kid will see it someday oh, and he'll yes, be mad at me yes so, I say AI did it it wasn't you uh, so you, you weren't th- even the one I, in the thing I should have thought of that yeah. I actually knew Sandy Hackett who was Buddy Hackett's son and I met him like in my early 20s and he was very affected by some jokes that his dad did on the Tonight Show you know really be, yeah because mm. he was in high school and a teenager and trying to get busy and then all of a sudden your dad's <laughs> making fun of your jeans on the Tonight Show <laughs> oh my god did your husband Renee ever ever have any issues he with you talking about the fertility struggles fan- Fantastic with it. And honest, the other day I, I did a joke about him because we both got COVID recently and how it's sort of a, I realized that it, yeah. It's nice when couples okay. do things together. Though, <laughs> we do, it? yeah, that's right. <laughs> couples that get COVID together stay together. Um, uh, we both had it at the same time and I still had to sleep in the basement. I haven't figured that one out yet, but I'm glad you guys worked <laughs> yeah, through it. She won't let you up yet. Um, <laughs> and it was four years ago. Um, but my husband and I both got it. And we discovered that it, you know, that it affected men and women very differently. Like, for example, I was super stuffed up and he uh, was a little bitch. It was different. <laughs> different symptoms um facts yeah i got a cold he got his period it was different and uh and i did that joke online and it did really well and then my husband was like renee you need to make fun of me more like he was like so supportive about it and i was like it was the sweetest thing anybody's ever said to me like that's the (laughs) the nicest thing you can say to a comedian you need to make fun of me more and he was so serious and i was like 
God, I love you. Wow. Yeah. You know Sunda Krunkquist? Sunda Krunkquist, yeah. 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 Her great. mother-in-law sued her for jokes. <gasps> what? I what? think so. I think so. That's so much material yeah, right there. I think she has I'd a get, lot of material. She is so lucky. Hour out of so that. Lucky. Look at Renee. She's I so lucky. I wish my relatives would sue God. me. I, oh, man, I get That's so many jokes. Dream. That is a dream. That's a whole That's special. On the edge. You guys are both you know, really, really great at taking pain and turning it into humor and making audiences laugh. And it's magic what you do. I think it's healing. Uh, I just take pain and mock the pain because it's all politics. But this has, of course, <laughs> been a great month so far for oh. topical comedy. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'm curious, you know, um, we'll, we'll get into the politics of it all. But do, do you think events like this atrocity that's going on every day in the Middle East makes people need comedy more? I had the moment where I'm like, do I really want to book a lot of comics mm. on the show this week? Or do we need to be very, very monastic right. and, and and serene and very, very serious? And a part of me is like, no, that's that. I remember that's how the terrorists win. We right. have to laugh. Yeah, yeah it's really hard. Uh because it's so crushing, yeah. And, you know, and when you even try, like I did a set the other night, and I was just like, you know, when terrible things like that happen, you just have so much empathy, and, and you want to do, you know, make people happy, and and it reminded me of when my mother passed, and I had to work, like, the day after, some, I couldn't get out wow. of it. It was, like, for a lot of money for me back in the day. And I just remember being so crushed on stage, but having to do it. And it is important, you know. Did it, it help you? Well, I mean, you know, you're doing dick jokes and inside you're like, my mommy died. You know? <laughs> no, but I've, but I've <laughs> had that experience where, yeah. where because you go and make a room full of people laugh, it mm. does heal a bit. Yes, yeah. yes, yeah. You're being, of, you're being of yeah. service and you're, yeah. getting, you're, you're getting the focus off your own pain and, and yeah. giving to others and yeah. hopefully getting a good paycheck for it. Yeah, yeah. Then, then I did. I'm going to use that line tonight at my show if people don't laugh. If you don't laugh, the terrorists win. Mm, That's very good. good. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, it's obvious it's it's not funny and what's what's been so awful to me is how much this has torn people apart i have yes. had friends and and comics and celebrities writing me and saying hey why don't you tweet about this i've been yeah. told i've been dictated content Thank you by for people saying that i've been dictated content yeah. why don't you post more about israel one comic wrote me one yeah. celebrity friend said why don't you retweet my thing about palestine and i'm like right. uh, you know i, I want to help everyone. i'm on the side of, of of everyone who's trying to solve things nonviolently but i said last night in the show it's like the third time this century that I've seen an incident that just is ripping apart friendships. The mm -hmm. first being the Iraq yeah. war, then the Trump presidency, and, and, and now this. And I'm like, why can't we come together and say Hamas is like, like Palestine has terrible leaders and Israel has terrible leaders. Can we start with common ground there? Yeah. To me, what is the most difficult is... Like, I love the news. I'm a news junkie, right? Yeah. I knew Hamas, Hezbollah, all that. But then I didn't know. So before I wanted to say something, because you feel a pressure to say something, I wanted just to, to listen and to learn and to look things up. And then you start looking things up. And then you start, you know, reading you th what you think is a cool thread. And then a million people are like, no, that's not really the Sumerians this and the DNA and the, you know, and, and it's like. But you're saying this because you're a 
public speaker and you have to know your shit. Most Americans don't have these scruples. They'll just say whatever they want to say but before the facts come But I think that's the in. problem with our knee-jerk yeah. reactions yes. to things is that nobody has taken the time to even think, process. This is a huge trauma that, that people are going through yeah. that we're suffering. And it's just these knee-jerk, quick responses. And like a week ago, half these people thought Hamas was a chickpea dip. Like exactly. they don't Donald know Trump anything. still does, I think. Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> doesn't know Shiite, as we've heard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know someone who, uh, like five years ago, flew into Israel for a project, and they were, you know, I guess you have to be interviewed when you enter the country. And then uh, they said, uh, do you know anyone in Hamas? And she goes, no, I like Hamas. But she meant, I swear to God, hummus. And I swear to God, right? Like, we joke about it back and forth together all the time. Like, anyway, but... uh, I mean, this hospital... Disaster. Yeah, that, like I, I began the show by saying, anyone who says that they think Israel did it, I get why you think that. Mm-hmm. Anyone who says they think Hamas yeah. did it, I get why you think that. Yeah. And now we're learning. And again, we don't know 100%, folks, but it was neither. It was the Islamic Jihad group, which is Hamas adjacent, but not the same. And it was an accident. Mm. And it, it was the accelerant that was in this barely launched missile that caused the fuel to spray all over and lead to this terrible fire that took all these lives. But everyone for two days was so certain. I mean, Rashida yeah. Tlaib has doubled down. Congresswoman Rashida Tlaib has doubled down on it and said Joe Biden's hands are covered in blood. And, you know, I, 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 I get it. But it's like, I think comedians sort of know uh, the risk of cancellation better than anyone. Comedians sort of know, oh, you you oh, got to yes. go up to the edge of that line, oh, but yeah. if you cross that line yeah. too hard, your bookings are yeah. gone. Yeah. It's, the, the hospital thing is absolutely, obviously... The whole thing is horrific. It's, the whole thing's horrific. Yeah. And it's, it was a Baptist hospital, too, I think, yeah. right? And, I mean, you should never have to worry what's going to happen to you when you go to a hospital, especially a Baptist hospital. And these folks were in the parking lot. They were camped out in the parking lot of the hospital because their relatives were patients and they thought it would be safe there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, speaking of getting canceled, I'll say something canceled. Oh, please. (laughs) The only people that should worry at a Baptist hospital about getting hurt are women and gays. Um, But, you know. You know what? In a free society, you're exactly right. They're the only groups that should be afraid. Mm -hmm. I mean, the Southern Baptists just met this year. 5,000 Southern Baptists at their convention voted to deny that transgender people exist. Like, yeah. and yeah. They, they, they say bisexuals are the confused ones. Right. 5,000 yeah. said they don't exist. Not Santa, guys. I would like to know, I was trying to Google it uh, today, like, what is the percentage of a fundamentalist from all religions in society as a whole? Like, is it 20%? Like, how many of It's impossible of, to measure. Those be- people are messing it up for the rest of yeah. us, you yeah. know what I mean? It's like, impossible to measure because the media amplifies the fundamentalists. Oh, yeah. This is my big thing. I pre- If you're a hardcore, extreme right-wing conservative Muslim, Muslim or hardcore extreme conservative right wing Christian or Jew, Mm -hmm. you are looking for violence. You are looking to be a homophobe. You believe women are second class citizens. It's practically its own religion. All those religions meet in the same batshit right wing place. And that is the problem here. You, You have these batshit selfish criminals running Netanyahu's regime Mm -hmm. and these fucking Nazi terrorists running Hamas and it's never going to get better until you bring people in who believe in peace. Mm -hmm. You know, today on Twitter I saw that uh, John Cusack and uh, what's the comedian that's Michael uh, Claudia's brother Rappaport. Michael Michael Rappaport Rappaport got into a little bitch fight. Those two got into a fight? On uh, X Twitter, right? And, And it's like, man, you guys... We're probably the coolest guys that I know, and you're going at it over what? Over what? Over Twitter. 
over t- <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's not real life i mean yeah. you're 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 smart but you don't get caught in rage wars over over things I like i used this. to get caught in rage mm-hmm. wars oh my god like with the whole trump first election cycle oh my, i would flame people and then at a certain point you're like, what am I helping? I'm yeah. not helping anything. I've learned my lesson. I had a video the other day that I posted, and I mentioned my vagina as a woman, uh, and how dare I? And uh, it's my own vagina, by the way. I was talking about, but uh, and the video. <laughs> okay, I'm glad it wasn't mine. <laughs> no, no, I talk I'm just about yours and my randomly athlete. talking Please about do. other people's vaginas oh, to get no, mad at. You, you know, but, I have a solid ten on Felicia's vagina. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll share it with you sometime. <laughs> I'm going to use it tonight. Um, <laughs> and can uh, you whisper it in? To my Not the jokes, her vagina. It's so yes. weird. This probably, yeah, this has gone off the rails. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> we're renaming the show. Mm. Felicia's vagina, but um, <laughs> uh, just I posted it, and it immediately it is my most watched video in. 24 hours, it has 72,000 views because of all of the incels and misogynists that have just piled on to this. And oh, I was so it's smart. The hate. It was just hate after hate. Women yeah. aren't funny. Women yeah. aren't funny because yeah. women should, women shouldn't. Yeah. What women should talk about, what women shouldn't. And I just left it for 24 hours because I was like, well, this is helping the algorithm. <laughs> and it just boosted it up. And then I made one comment to all of them at once at the end. That's kind of brilliant. So you're not afraid of getting that hate because the numbers it don't was lie. Not lovely for it yeah. to happen. It I've never so had dirty though. It's yeah. so dirty and yeah. it's so vile and just the vitriol. And I was just, I was quite upset that this still exists in our world. And I, I guess we're in it's this. It's the fundamentalist extreme conservative. Yes. Man. Yes. And I was like, is it Russia? Are these bots? Is this real? Like I just. And they all need glasses. Yeah. Is all I'm gonna say. <laughs> I got put up this abortion joke, and this guy's like, "You sure did age, right?" And then you go to his, you know, Facebook, oh, and yeah. it's like, you know, his eye is wonky. I know. He's you well, lose in the 106 well, that's, pounds, that's which is okay. At least you he know? showed his face. Like what I get all day long is these cowards who come out and you know call you a beta, but they lack the manhood to show their name and face when they go online to taunt yes. strangers. Oh yeah, yes. oh yeah, a lot of them were. Can I ask Renee what was the 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 clip about that caused all this? Were you, I mean, about your vagina clearly, but I was it about that women? <laughs> it was about 40-year-old vaginas not being desperate, okay? like by the I've time seen that bit. It's great. Woman gets to 40 her whole life's just been this constant hailstorm of penises coming at her. It's a dick joke, really. And no, no, no. It's a great <laughs> dick joke, because what you do with the mic, I've really seen this. You do some mic cord I technique in this? some that's... mic work. Yes, it's all about the mic work. That's the whole joke. It dangles in some funny ways, is yes. what she does. and yeah. into the audience's faces. It's a thing. It's a it, whatever. It's not the most amazing joke in the world, but it's just a truism that I mentioned one night on stage. And anyway, I just wrote this one comment instead of attacking each one because I had a I had a good one for each person and I, it, that's the hardest part as a comedian is not to say I know the, I was like oh I could eviscerate oh, him right now beat up the hecklers I know but I didn't I waited and then <laughs> 24 hours later I said uh, dear misogynist I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart from taking time out of your day to comment on my video thanks to all of your comments it's gotten over 70,000 views in less than 24 hours thank you for supporting female comedians I can't wait to see your comedy clips. In the meantime, <laughs> feel free to listen to my number one album and my new comedy special coming out on Amazon Prime uh, November 7th. P.S. I'm sorry you're hurting and I really hope you heal. And that was it. Yeah. <laughs> 
And that's I just lovely. left it because wow. I was like, I'm not going to get in. It'll get. That's what they want. Is I've been get doing dirty. it all wrong. Yeah. I've been doing it all. Like, I'll take a hater and I'll retweet them to make a point or a joke. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, I don't well, mind. That, that, I'm hate. not about that. Yeah, I, I like. I, like, I get a hate tweet. I'm like, oh, good. There's content for me yeah. here. I don't have to work today. I can re- respond in a funny way, especially with these <laughs> religious fundamentalists that come at me every day, yeah. and none of them have read the freaking Bible, so it's, they, they make it easy. But you make me think now. Maybe I should post TikToks with hashtags that draw in these troglodytes. Because I guess hate watching can help. But I, I think those people deserve it, though. These people are these are kids Just in misogynist. their ba- these are kids in their basement or oh. incels. You know, one I saw one person go after a few of the trolls for me, and she was like, and then halfway through, she's like, wait a minute, you're in high school, sweetie, and she realized he's like, oh, just yeah. a kid. Oh, yeah. So I'm like, you're in your your mom's basement. When Jessica Wellington and I were doing our podcast on Zoom, and then where you would open up for everyone to come into the stuff, <laughs> it was not good what those teenage boys are doing out in the world of the internet. <laughs> That is yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Like. Can I ask one question before the before the break, and then yes. I'll, we'll take some uh-huh. calls from our riffraff. This is something I've always wanted to ask. Um, you are both uh, uh, terrific comics and really good writers, and you both are veterans, and you can I'd put you in front of any room. But you also are what we call attractive white women, attractive blonde <laughs> white women. And I'm wondering, like, as you hear, like, is it harder? Is it harder? for you when you look a certain way like I when I was younger starting out I was like oh I wish I was fatter had a hunchback or something to make Mm -hmm. me a character like is it harder when you are aesthetically attractive by that's a that's a subjective thing but you know with our culture blah blah fucking blah does it make the lifting heavier for you because you know that men will be prejudiced against you for beauty Oh, John. <laughs> Are we AWWs, attractive white women? <laughs> Hashtag AWW. Um, I think it's a hard thing to complain about. Yeah, you it's don't so want to hard about being that, pretty. Yeah. But um, I, I don't think it's even the men, actually. I think it's sometimes the women um, have a harder time with it. Well, that's interesting. I know when if I they're was... with a man. Oh, I say, okay, yeah. I yeah. know when I was younger, and I used to. No, I have a lot of filthy material, and, and thank uh, you for that. You know, <laughs> the truth of the matter is, if you look like you can suck a good dick, they don't want to hear about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> but then when I quit comedy and I went back in, and a little older and a little more matronly, they're like, "That's hilarious," because <laughs> you're not a threat. <laughs> How do your sons feel about that material? Because you, you, you go there. Um, you know, uh, when they were younger and they first understood that I did comedy and then they're like my friends are looking you up on the on the internet I was like you don't need to tell people Jack don't let anyone <laughs> yeah. look it up <laughs> yeah. but now they think it's hilarious they think it's adorbs I do think it's changed a little bit though when I started 20 years ago the advice I got was dress down they were like, yeah. Renee, you can't wear that. Like, it was only, you could only wear flannel and like mm-hmm. running shoes on stage. And that's sort of what it was. Well, you don't want to dress uh, to where people are looking at your outfit more than listening 100%. to your words. 100%. No, you know, that was I it. Think that they wanted around, you to yeah. blend in. And I would imagine you guys are so good at it. Like, any nerves there are about being judged for your looks is gone in the first 10 minutes once the crowd knows they're in for a ride with someone who knows what they're doing. Yeah, I mean, but then if it, you're the nerves funny. come back when you look at the video and you're yeah. like, damn, I need to do some sit-ups. <laughs> <laughs> we gotta I take thought a that was a bigger laugh. Quick break. I'll tell you about how upsetting it was for me when I heard all of my mom's blowjob jokes. Uh, <laughs> but she wasn't a comic. We were at 866-997-4748. We'll get back to horrible stuff when we come right back. This is SiriusXM Progress. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. 
I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. We are back with two of the funniest people in L.A. Renee Percy is here and Felicia Michaels, and we're taking calls at 866-997-4748. See, I told you it wouldn't be all politics, Renee. No, it hasn't been any, yeah. really. No, yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, A lot of vaginas. Let's fix that. Well, we can still keep the vagina talk in there as well. Uh, Toby in California, welcome. You're on SiriusXM with Renee and Felicia. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Uh, first-time listener and first-time caller. Oh, I'm um, so honored. Thank you. Everyone. Uh, thank you. Um, curious to everyone's opinion if anyone thinks that we've turned a corner and that kind of blind support for Israel at this point would actually be a net negative at the polls in 2024, specifically for Biden? I think it depends on the demographic. I think for young people, it's a net negative. For other demographics, probably not yet. But uh, my biggest fear is that Israel is going to retaliate so hard and so brutally that they're going to do exactly what America did after 9-11 and lose all the goodwill that they've gotten after this horrific terrorist attack, which was Bush's mistake. And, you know, what's interesting is that the revolution going on in in Israel, that, that so many Israelis are blaming Netanyahu for this and saying he will not survive once this conflict is over, which I didn't see coming. And I'm kind of thrilled about they're a bit ahead of the curve on us. But I don't know. What do you what do you what do you think, Felicia? Well, all I can uh, speak to that uh, because you so eloquently answered his question. But for me, because I have uh, boys who are 22 and 24, what I found surprising is that they're asking a lot of questions and seeking information. And so I think it's just uh, the people who young voices and, and ears turn to that you know, sway those kids or young men or women. I, I think Seth you know? Rogen coming out and talking yeah. about how he went to Hebrew school growing up and they never taught him about Palestine. I mean, mm. like that yeah. sort of thing is an example of an artist who really is changing the narrative. And, yes, and, yeah. And and by the way, I can equate it to like my father was from Oklahoma and I grew up in an educational system that didn't teach about the Tulsa riots or the, of course, the yeah. you know, and to not have that information in you know that isn't given to you as a child i think that's not okay i don't know what do you think toby um i think it has potential if it snowballs to cost biden the election which i don't want to see personally but yeah that's when you start getting a third third party candidate who instead of taking votes away from what we think is going to be trump it actually ends up taking them away from biden because that third party candidate starts talking peace yeah, but again, like, you know, I think Biden's got a good response to that, which is uh, we're not waging these wars. This isn't George W. Bush starting wars, and supporting Ukraine. Yeah, exactly. supporting Ukraine is the anti-war position. 
Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, you, you can say that supporting Israel is the anti-terrorism position. And um, I think he can walk that line at least for a while. But, you know, you get you get a lot of civilian massacres uh, from Israeli bombs and it's not going to work. That's, yeah, it's too soon to tell, really. It depends yeah. how this is going to play out. I'm more worried about um, Harlan Crow, who owns Clarence Thomas. He's now donating a lot of money to Cornell West's campaign, and I don't think he wants Cornell West to be president. Uh, and I'm more worried about OPEC jacking up the price of, of oil and having $7 a gallon gas next year. Those are bigger threats to Biden than anything right now. Good point. Well, thank uh, you, thanks man. Thanks for taking my call. I appreciate your time. Thank you. You know, there's been so much... Since this has happened, it gives people who hate an excuse to be more hateful. Um, civil rights groups have been talking about all these anti-Palestinian, anti-Semitic incidents in the U.S. since the war began. We heard this story last week in Chicago where this 71-year-old white landlord is now facing murder and hate yeah. crime charges oh, for yeah. stabbing to death this little boy, Wadia al Faume, six-year-old Palestinian-American boy, born in America, an American citizen, and the landlord who apparently was very loving to the boy and his mother, was listening to a lot of right-wing radio coverage of the conflict and came in and stabbed both this child and his mother. It's just horrific. I mean, uh, people are just not okay out in the wild. I mean, if you're a person that is listening that much to anything, uh, you know what I mean? And that you think that it's up to you to take it into your hands to do something about it. Yeah. And a six-year-old boy. I mean, I've had landlords I've wanted to stab, in all same, fairness, but same. not the other way around. Yeah. yeah. And this is not good for the land. This and Trump together, not good for the landlord image. Yeah. But FBI put out this uh, data this week that found that from 2021 to 2022, anti-Jewish hate crimes jumped 36%. Anti-LGBTQ bias crimes went up 19%. Anti-gay hate crimes against just gay men went up 13%. Anti-Latino hate crimes went up 6%. Anti-black bias crimes went up 4%. Only anti-Asian hate crimes fell dramatically, 34%. And that's a sign that the pandemic was ending. Because when the pandemic was happening and Trump was talking China virus, Kung flu, Uh our Asian brothers and sisters were getting the crap kicked out of them on the street. Are we getting more violent or have we always been this awful and shitty and people are just reporting it more? Uh, I am category two. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like I mean, uh, can you think about all the things that happened to us as children or teenagers or young adults that didn't get reported or didn't get caught mm. on camera or didn't get called out? Yeah. yeah, for sure. I think I think it's both. But I mean, the pandemic. I did read though that they said uh, that the crime statistic has fallen back to pre-pandemic levels. So I don't know what kind of Hmm. Uh, but it statistic, came, but it did. I see that in the news today. You said that it it went up from 2021 to 2020. Yeah, yeah. but we like, were locked down in 2021, yeah, so it was yeah. just yeah. people like leaving the house again and be like, now I can finally get my hate out. Like, exactly. yeah, yeah, traffic been, accidents yeah. are up as well. Yeah, Everyone's batshit. They they've been hating from home for two years, and then you know, <laughs> yeah. and hating just, online doesn't really. Yeah. You, you need a more organic experience. That's you want to right. actually go out there and make someone suffer. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you guys, uh, uh, what has inspired you lately? Has there been, it, it, all this Michigas and all this sadness, have there been any movies or songs or plays or videos or things that have uh, inspired you and turned you on? Well, I can't say in any heady way, but I have been enjoying Murders in the Building just because <laughs> it's just escapism. It Silly escapism. escapism. Yeah, and you just want to see, you know, sometimes mature people having fun on the screen. I haven't know? seen the new season with Meryl Streep. Is it holding yeah, up? It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's nice. Yeah, it's nice. fun. But I mean, what about you, Renee? I like that show, too. I just, it's so bad, though, actually. Like, sometimes the 
acting's really bad, but you still kind of <laughs> like it. Like you're like, ah, oh, it's Martin Short and Martin. You still love it. The acting you mean is this. bad. Well, no, it's it, it's it's a very staticky, oh late Woody Allen kind of it's almost David Mamet. Like, yeah. not I, I know what you're saying. It's um, oh, what's the young girl's name? I'm so out of touch. Selena Gomez. Gomez. Yeah. yeah, is it? Selena Gomez. Yeah. yeah. Just, she doesn't open her mouth when she talks. And it's just this, like, I don't, she can't emote at all. And sometimes the lines just sound so, I don't know. It's a weird pet peeve, but I I, I do oh, enjoy it. Prepare yourself for the hate mail. No, I know. <laughs> but I like the show. Why did you book but that anti Latina bigot on your show last oh night? Oh, my God. No, anti open your mouth. Like, anti, anti move your lips and emote a little bit. But anyway, I do like the show. I enjoy it. But you can't I cannot silly them you yeah. know what i mean i think it's a choice you can't I, out silly them mm-hmm. i couldn't get that you haven't seen the third season yet though but the pickwick twins song which of the pickwick twin or oh i can't if i get in my head now i won't be able to stop all night and i tried to learn the song it's, if, it's, if you learn it i'll be blown it away it is so impressive yeah. oh my god well, give it a try you don't know no now it. now that i'm on the spot now she'll have it on her head all day oh which of the pickwick triplets did it did, 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 uh, now i can't remember but it, it was <laughs> It is. It's It'll brilliant get in your writing. Head. It is uh, so yeah. good. It is. I like the show, Felicia. Okay. All right. I just didn't Stop. pick you as a Gomez hater. Stop Jesus. the hate. Yeah. Now, now you're putting words I can't wait out. to tweet about her oh when my she leaves. Gosh. No. This no. is what gets me canceled. At we Renee talked about Percy, the war in Israel album. and Palestine. Oh no, Palestine was <laughs> and, safe. You went after Selena Gomez. You're going to get that beehive on you. Well, what what has anything inspired you lately? Any films or books? I'm reading a very fluffy book. Oh, now I'm going to get hate for that, but I like it. God, it's not fluffy. It's escape. It's called. That's it sounds fine. so girly and cheesy, and it kind of is. It's called Romantic Comedy. It's by Curtis Sittenfield. Sittenfield? I can't remember how to say her name. And it's about a TV comedy writer that falls in love with this pop star and the disparity of like how a good God, I hate it. I hate it already. <laughs> I know. But she's, it's like the kind pops of, are not her manager. What? <laughs> but she's like a homely TV writer, and he's this gorgeous pop star, and it's the opposite of what normally all the all the writers like. She makes fun of all the writers on SNL that are they all you know are slovenly whatever, and they all have these gorgeous ingenue um, wives. So it's uh-huh. the flip of that. Uh, anyway, it's so kind of it sounds like a treatment for a film. It could be, yeah. actually. It's total escapism, and it's just a little romantic alley. I hope film it called Notting Hill. A film. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a boy Very standing funny. in front of an industry oh, asking God. it to love him. Yeah. Uh, let me go back to the phone. Brian in Oregon, welcome. You're on Sirius XM with Felicia Hi, and Renee. Guys. How are you, sir? I'm doing well. Sounds like uh, I don't think anybody should date any of you guys. Okay. Well, should date us? No, should hate us. Oh, oh. <laughs> should date us. I was like, good. Would I'm you believe? Married. Would you believe, Brian? If they're internet involved, people can find a reason to hate anyone, and All they can right, hide their face while they do why, it. That's why people shouldn't be on the internet. Then there was no <laughs> people. Yeah. <laughs> um, they'd be screwing, uh, screaming at each other. So yeah. anyway. I know but, um, we're all we're all spending too much time on the internet, and we're all lonely now. Those are the two stories I hear. Yeah. Um, go out and find a dog. Um, <laughs> the, Renee did. Uh, my thought for the uh, uh, once this is all through, uh, the Palestinian-Israeli god awful mess. Yeah. Uh, it just came to me a little while ago. A peaceful thing. At the and once uh, U.S. Hopefully, we can help the uh, Palestinians actually create a functioning infrastructure and whatnot. But I was thinking about that. Who's the chef that does the international kitchen or world kitchen at the Palestinian-Israeli border type of thing to Mm -hmm. uh, create? Jose uh, Andres. Yeah, 
to something like that to create a uh, border dining, cross-border dining pollination thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Food, food goes long ways. To, that uh, episode where where uh, Bourdain went to Palestine was one of the best episodes of that show ever. I could, and he had to go oh, through so much trouble one. just to go there. Yeah, it's really worth seeing. Hmm. So, anyways, that's a that's a peace thought. But also, we can't forget the what the fucking Russians have done to uh, the Ukrainians in bombing hospitals and killing correct babies and women. And I remember early on they shot some guy just riding his bike. That's right, but you know, you 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 forget the 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 Russians have a an entire Congress full of Republicans to defend them, huh. so they're okay. <laughs> exactly. Well, that's kind of what I was subtly getting at. Um, oh, Jim Jordan and the like. And, and, and uh, are, how and, do you feel about and, DeSantis, Brian? How do you feel about Ron DeSantis? Oh, oh he's my guy. <laughs> um, <laughs> Ron DeSantis is is horrible, and I I've thought of a, uh, an ad uh, idea for the um, Lincoln Project or somebody that would bring out the footage of uh, Andrew Gillum at the debate saying, I don't think he's racist. I'm not saying he's racist, but the racists think he's racist. Right. And then all, then follow that up with all this crap all of since. <laughs> how, did that, uh, how did that clip help uh, Andrew Gillum, by the way? <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> he didn't win. Uh, didn't win. <laughs> he didn't win, but uh, it was a hell of a statement. Yes, I agree. I agree. Although I would, uh, I would amend it to say no. He he's a fucking racist. I think he's proven oh, yeah, it. I think too. when you ban AP African American studies and scream about critical race theory and call anyone woke if they don't like racism, I, I think the the survey's in. Yeah. And then also you could uh, ascribe that to his view. Was it this week on on uh, all the Palestinians should be shot or what the hell did he say? Some uh, You know what? I can't keep track of these Christians calling for genocide against brown people they don't like. But between Marco Rubio oh. and Lin, Lin, Miss Lindsey Graham, there's there's a lot of that. <laughs> Brian, thank you so much for the call. I want to play the unpopular opinions game with you guys. Now, it's kind of weird because Renee may have already won the unpopular opinions game before <laughs> yes. it starts. There's already a line of tween girls outside fear. The Selena Gomez Liberation Front is queuing up outside I the just studio. just said she doesn't open her mouth when she talks. <laughs> um, let's talk about unpopular opinions. You know, I don't think Donald Trump's ever going to jail. I thought the last Indiana Jones movie was great. Um, I, I kicked out of parties all the time. Felicia, what is, what's an unpopular opinion of yours that makes people ask you to leave the elevator? Well, um... Uh, this confuses my boyfriend. I don't like cottage cheese, but I like yogurt and I like like uh, you know regular like buffalo mozzarella. So cottage cheese is in the middle there. Like I don't I don't get is it. it. I'm grossed out by cottage cheese, but I like buffalo mozzarella yeah. and yogurt. But some people, I don't know how they like cottage cheese. I don't know how they like cottage cheese. It's so gross. I you like just cottage offended cheese. the cottage yeah. cheese fanatics. Why. Yeah, hate on Felicia, no, I'm guys. With you. I'm with you. I don't know why. Who's uh, co- yeah, why by do the way, like it? The Jews grew up with cottage well, yeah, cheese. What kind yeah. of cottage yeah. is this that it's runny? Like, what kind of cottage <laughs> serves this? I don't want to stay here. You grew up with here. cottage cheese? It was a thing. It really? was a thing. My grandpa, my mother, it, it goes down in... Yeah. So maybe what she's saying is she doesn't like Jews. Yeah. That would be a That's winner. Like. Hold, on. Hold on. Hold <laughs> on. Okay. You, you don't like cottage cheese. I think it's gross. I think it's My gross. wife loves it and I just won't go near yeah, it. I yeah. I think it's so... I'll make it for him. I'll slice fruit up in it. What he puts in it is... I don't get... So I'm Switzerland go. on it. I don't yeah. mind it. I don't okay. mind it. Really? Okay. But you can cottage spread all your cottage gross. cheese that's, hate that's, if you want. I guess that is an unpopular... It's not unpopular with me, but I'm unpopular with most people. So that's a very unpopular opinion. I think a lot of people would agree with that, mm. but we don't know. 
We well, just don't know. What kind know. of a Jew trader are you to, to go? <laughs> oh, I'm not agreeing. I said, oh, okay. yeah, other people would oh, agree. I see. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, other people. I, I get your the other, yeah. yeah, I understand. Those people. <laughs> yeah, everyone's, a, everyone's a bigot. Renee, what is your unpopular opinion? I don't know. Opinion? Now I feel dumb because she's lobbed a soft one. You know what he has? <laughs> I know it wasn't hard line. Well, I'm just starting out. <laughs> I'm sorry my hate doesn't live at the tip of my tongue for Selena Gomez like you. Again, it's not hate. Well, this one's not hate either. It's an unpopular opinion. Okay. I'll, I'll probably I don't I think this sounds weird but I I think all massages should end in a happy ending for women and men if the provider wants to do it I think it's a nice way to I, I think it could be part of a massage and I don't think it should be a weird thing okay also that should be popular okay. that sounds popular. no this is I mean like I've heard guys say this but I think it's a hand women. on a muscle bro it's just a hand on a muscle that's all I've no. literally heard men making this argument but I've never heard but why don't we normalize it for women like what do because I, men sh- are disgusting but it should happen at the beginning of a massage and then how fucking relaxed are you for the rest of the massage like i think well then why not just get someone to do that to you and not even pay for a massage no but you i want a massage but i just want to like relax into a massage yeah, hookers notorious so what you're saying is you, <laughs> you need a massage so you can get a massage <laughs> like i need a coffee to, to be able to meet someone for coffee yes. i think i understand yeah. this yeah 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 basically i don't think it's a, i think it is a weird way to, i don't know would I this think- constitute adultery no, I think it's just a, like it's a muscle, <laughs> but it has to be. But it has to be like a, a willing, consenting, like trained person. Russ, who it. wins? Oh wow, um, I'm going with the uh, yeah. with Renee. Massage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why, Renee? Yeah. How do we follow you in your comedy? Okay. <laughs> Oh, great. No one's going to follow me after my cottage cheese hate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You can follow me uh, on Instagram at Renee Percy Comedian. And Felicia. You can follow me on Instagram on any social media at at Felicia Michaels. And catch Renee's special on November 7th on Amazon Prime. This is Progress. Progress.